you're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. Welcome to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and today I'm delighted to have with me Bessie Graham. Bessie's an award-winning entrepreneur with over 20 years experience working with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies to bring doing good and making money back together. From the grassroots of sitting in the dirt working with business owners in the Pacific Islands to the United Nations headquarters in Geneva, Bessie has seen it all and brings an unparalleled perspective on what makes change happen. So welcome to the podcast, Bessie. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. So what I'd like to do is have you tell your story so that the the audience knows who's talking to them and they can they can relate a little bit more. So have at it. Excellent. I'll uh, attempt to give you a bit of a sense without boring you with too much of the detail, but um, I grew up in a family that had a really powerful set of core values that have shaped not only my childhood, but who I've become and how I lead and, and operate in the world. And so for me, my parents didn't have wealth or financial um, privilege that meant they gave me uh, opportunity and advantage in that way. But what they did have was an incredible set of friends, a, an amazing network. And they had, in terms of their own character, was really strong. And so I always look at that opportunity and advantage for me came from those things and really started the journey for me to think about there is more in the world than just money. So we can tap into things beyond uh, just wealth in order to uh, help other people or get ahead ourselves. And when I was a, a kid, my mum got really sick when I was six. And then my dad had a massive brain injury when I was eight, which meant that I've very young became independent. You know, I've had a job since I was 10 and, and learnt to actually just get out there and make things happen in the world. But my family growing up had, as I said, these really powerful core values. So there was four core values that um, influenced and shaped me, which I would classify as independence, work ethic, uh, perspective, and social justice. And when it comes to the work ethic and independence, that's sort of quite strongly in my dad's domain. He was um, a, a leader, someone who had that extraordinary drive and, and persistence and was very determined in, in what he did. And then my mum brought this beautiful uh, sense of gratitude and being able to look at the world and not compare yourself to those that had more than you, but to say, there's people who have no running water and no electricity. How do you get some perspective and then really um, be thankful for, for what you do have? And those pieces really then played out for me in all of my work since then. So I left home before I turned 18 and what was meant to be kind of the typical Australian gap year after school turned into it took four years before I went back to university, but I travelled and, and worked and had some incredible experiences that again opened my mind up to the world. So I represented Australia as a youth ambassador where I got to travel with 54 people, each from a different country, and, uh, and that meant that I have a sense I watch the news and I don't just see a country, I know a person and their family in that place. And so it opened up my mind 
in some really uh, incredible ways that I'm very thankful for. But that sort of time of um, exposure and starting to, to open my mind to the world then led into, I studied uh, politics, international relations, counterterrorism, was really interested in leadership and what makes people tick and how do we actually change the world. And I've had the privilege then in my career to be in 2000, I worked in the first ethical investment company here in Australia and saw that rise of people starting to say, how do you actually invest your money in a way that aligns with what you believe in and, and don't put your money into things that you don't want to be associated with? And I moved into consulting work, which again gave me a really broad exposure to nonprofits, government, et cetera and how they operated from a leadership perspective, the looking at design thinking and innovation. But I was really always searching for, again, that uh, combination, if you like, of where do we bring together, I'm really passionate about leadership, but I have this heart for social justice and I want to contribute to the world. And I also think that business has an incredible role to play. So it was always this, like, where is that sweet spot that kind of brings those things together? And I don't know about you, but I've always felt like I'm someone who doesn't fit neatly in one box. It was kind of, where, where do you find your, your people? And so in 2010, I, uh, that was my first entry into being an entrepreneur. I set up an organisation which was a response to wanting to find organisations that were doing great things in the world, whether that was a social or environmental focus to what they were doing, or um, uh, the, they weren't, though, just a charity or a non-profit. So they had a business model. They were trying to actually have a sustainable source of income. And as an investor, we were always looking for those opportunities, but they weren't. there was great pieces you could give a grant to from a philanthropic point of view, and there was businesses you could invest in that were just trying to make money. But I set up this organisation called the Difference Incubator. And that was really my first entry into trying to put my skills into other people's organisations. And it's been this passion and drive to, to figure out, we talk about, and you said this in your intro, how do you bring doing good and making money back together? Because I don't think they need to be two separate things. So that's sort of been a bit of the, the journey over that last particularly 20 years um, focused on business's role in society to actually make the world a better place. So and during that time, what were some of your learnings about that question, about how you bring doing good and business together? Well, it's interesting because often the first thing people say, if you meet with an organisation, wherever it is, because I've worked with businesses all over the world, they tend to say that their biggest challenge is access to capital. We just need more money. If we had more money, we could hire people, do more, move faster. And like I said, right back at the beginning, I have from a very young age been exposed to the fact that money isn't the answer to everything. And so in my work with people, one of those big shifts has been to try to help people realise that actually the biggest blocker for them is usually that mindset piece. It's not about more money. That won't fix their problems. Um, but it's about saying, okay, how do we look at all of the different assets we have at our disposal? What do we have that we could tap into to achieve this goal? 
And when you start to actually help someone pull apart what they actually need in their business, you then can help them realize uh, often if you feel like you need more money because the business is bleeding, pumping more money in will just make you hemorrhage. You'll bleed quicker. <laughs> We've got to actually address the underlying issue. So that shift to not just seeing money as the answer to everything, but saying, um, what is it that actually you're trying to achieve? How would we know if we're getting there? And how can we actually address those root causes? So it's, it's a stepping back and looking at a bigger picture rather than just having these very surface level answers to what we think um, is going on. So, so I want to come back to the, uh, the doing good piece. Yes. Because we do have this perception that businesses, you know, are just in it for the money mm-hmm. and that doing good is, is, you know, at the worst case, not important at all. And at the best case, just a tool to be successful in making more money. How do you answer that? It's really interesting because again, I think this is one of the pieces that people can be encouraged by because often we think, oh my goodness, this is asking me to do something completely different because the purpose of business is business. You know, we're meant to be making a profit. That's what we're here to do. And yet that's actually a really recent shift in thinking. That is not where business comes from the idea of trading and commerce and things are deeply human and have been in us you know since right back Um, and the roots of business even some of those types of industries that you're talking about that are very profit focused and very profit driven now like whether that's banking finance insurance they all began from a place of being about, okay, how do we serve our community? How do we, from an insurance perspective, it was churches and groups that said, if someone's house burns down, how do we make sure they can rebuild? These things began in a place that was actually really bringing those things together. It spotted a need that had to be addressed and it tried to figure out how do we actually ensure that's sustainable and there will always be money to pay for that. The same goes for almost every small or medium business that's that's been um, created if you ask entrepreneurs and business owners you will very rarely if ever get someone who answers that the only reason they started their business was to make money yes they need and want to be able to pay their mortgage and send their kids to school but the the driver was that piece of they either had this incredible product or service they were passionate about and wanted to share with the world or they um saw a gap in a market or a need and wanted to address that. So the drivers aren't actually just about profit generation. And for me, you know, in many respects, this taps into where my focus moving forward is in terms of my career, because what I've seen is if we just focus on one component, then we lose the power of the whole. So while I focused the last 20 years on, you know, what is that role of business, The pattern I keep seeing is that if we design an incredible business or organisation, but the leader, the owner of that business hasn't done their own personal work, then it doesn't matter how incredible it is, you will blow it up. It It won't play out well. And that same piece applies here in terms of your question around the almost it's easy to be sceptical when a business is trying to do good. You think, oh, what's that about? Um, It's that actually having that bigger sense of what is possible here 
is just being more fully human and it's reflecting the fact that that we are multiple things we're not one dimensional and business is no different so depending on your business the ways you can do good will look different but I would really encourage people to not limit their thinking to, okay, when we make enough money as a business, we can give a donation or a percentage of profit. Or we could, when we have been incredibly successful and sold the business, I'll start a foundation and then I'll give back. Those pieces uh, really limit the kind of impact you can be part of and how fulfilled you can feel in the process. Yeah, it's more, it's more than just donations and it's more than I'm going to do it when I'm ready, right? Exactly, because there's always something you can do now. You know, the old saying of time, talent and tre- treasure. So mm-hmm. what could you, you may not have treasure yet to give. You may not be in a position that finance is your piece, but you could use your time to contribute and do good in the world, or you could use your talent and the skills that you have. So there's always some way that you can weave that into your work and your life. So so you have the kind of your four values that Yes, in my family growing up. Yep. yep. How, how do they manifest themselves in what you do today? How, how, what does that look like? Well, I don't know if you've ever read any of Patrick Lencioni's work. He's from the US. I'm a big fan of, of him. But uh, I always say that if we really dig into our values and how they play out in terms of our behavior. So lots of people, when they talk about values, a little bit like your business comment of it, it becomes a bit skeptical. It's like a oh, integrity, honesty, these big words. And we kind of think, oh, what does that actually mean? I'm a fan of looking at values related to genuinely digging into the things that are deeply who you are and how you behave. Um, And if anyone is interested in looking at that work more, Patrick Lencioni is who I would suggest that you read. Um, But for me, the It is that component. So when I said before there was these aspects of independence and work ethic, the good side of those is that I've always been willing to get in and pick the most difficult problem. I will commit to the point of stubbornness and I will drive and, you know, build the business or design that intervention or or clean up that mess. Um, So there, there is that the, the piece that means that from a, being an entrepreneur, or an investor or a leader, they are good qualities to have. I'm not sitting back and waiting for someone else to, you know, take the lead and and make things happen. On the flip side, in terms of looking at uh, that core values, as Lencioni would say, are things where we have a tendency to take them too far. I can sometimes be too self-contained and work too hard to the point of exhaustion, you know, so we have our core values can have a shadow side as well when um, when you take those too far. The, the aspects from that family of origin related to perspective and social justice come back to that piece of being able to take a um, step back and not just look at the small pieces in front of me. So from a perspective point of view, it is that aspect of I love in my work to go zoom right back and look at, okay, what's happening in this system? Um, And it's very helpful in the kind of work I do to be able to operate um, at that whole of system level, but then to zoom back down and have the empathy from a social justice point of view to really care about the people and what's happening and what needs to change. So it, the right from, from childhood, those pieces are absolutely in all aspects of 
my work and things that I'm doing today and shape the the decisions that I make as well as how I behave. And I think when we look at that role of values for leaders and business owners who are on that journey and, and trying to not only be successful but do it in a way that's aligned with who they are as a person and at the same time contribute in the world, values to me are a really good place to start because if we don't know ourselves and we don't have that ability to tune in and think about what's actually driving me here and is that good or have I gone too far with that, then it's actually pretty tricky to be an effective leader without that level of self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you had some good family values. You know, what do you suggest leaders do to kind of figure out what their own values are? Yeah, it's a... It's an interesting process and depending on the person, some people are very reflective and self-aware and so, you know, if you do this kind of exercise, there will be things that come to mind straight away for them. Mm-hmm. But if a leader is in a category where actually they've just been incredibly busy, driven, focused, you know, charging after things uh, or have been in a category where they've felt the expectation and pressure of others, so they've achieved a lot but it hasn't necessarily been driven from their own intentional actions it's been more what was expected of them then one of the really good places to start is actually just with a bit of a mapping exercise so we always talk about life mapping and it's that piece of by getting someone to ask you really good questions to draw out the the patterns and the things that have actually been part of your life to date, you actually can then step back and and start to spot, ah, there's that pattern or this is coming out a lot. Like what what is in there? Because what I encourage people to do is to bring it from that type of exercise that is actually based on how you behave and what you do rather than simply being an intellectual exercise. Because if you just sit back, you will often fall into the trap of naming as a core value something that Lencioni would describe as an aspirational value. So you name what you wish you were or you think you need to be or should be, and then you'll wonder why there's this disconnect where you kind of think, oh, but I'm just behaving in this other way or I'm making decisions that don't seem aligned with that. So if you can dig into and try to unpack what your values are based on that beautiful journey or exploration of mapping out your life and behaviors to date with someone else that can be really helpful um, in in letting that emerge and then asking that simple question if you're naming something as a core value can you think of examples where you've had a tendency to take it too far so if you can't it's probably not a core value because anything that's sort of deeply there like, like I said with the independence or work ethic I can give you plenty of examples where I've taken those too far if that question is hard to answer then possibly it's an aspirational value and it's not yet core to to who you are as a person so sense checking with a question like that or again with people who know you well can be a helpful way to then uh, start to articulate what those values are excellent and why is that important for a leader so in terms of why it's important for a leader to really do the work to figure out what their values are Often 
we can be in a rush or, you know, people who are in leadership positions or owning, running organisations are driven and they want to get straight down to business. And so they'll think, don't ask me to sit back and do this values exercise like that. That's a waste of my time. Why would I do that? My response would be that if you're actually wanting to create a legacy or wanting to build an extraordinary business, that takes time. That's not something that's going to happen in 18 months and then you're done. So you are going to need the the energy and uh, attention to this over a long period of time. And if you are engaging in a way that is out of whack and doesn't line up with who you actually are and what you believe in and what you want to be part of in the world, then a whole bunch of different behaviours will play out that will end up either undermining your work or you'll manage people badly, you'll get to a certain point and and sort of just be exhausted and and blow it all up. Um, So a whole whole different range of things can happen. But the, the other downside when you don't do this work is that you can work really, really hard and push yourself and yet get to either the end of your career or the end of a a chapter in a particular role and look back and think, oh, I worked really hard for that and I'm not even sure it was worth it. Like, is that all there is here? And so it's taking the time to really understand who you are that will help you to have that sense check or um, foundation on which to make decisions of whether this next move is a good one for you, whether it's getting you closer to who you want to be and who you who you truly are. So it's a sense check. It also massively increases the chance that you will do things in terms of your work that actually give you energy. They might be hard. They might take a lot from you, but it's sustainable because it creates flow and energy. And that is going to be incredibly important for longevity for leaders. So I'm picturing a lot of leaders out there and, you know, they need to, they need to go through that process, but when do you do it? You know, you're working 60, 70 hours a week, you know, you can't hire people, you're stressed Mm -hmm. out, all that kind of stuff. You know, how can a leader kind of rise above sort of the, the day-to-day issues and make a change like that happen. One of the pieces that can be difficult if you just try to add some of this self-reflection, attempt to name your values into an already busy schedule is that it ends up just feeling like another thing you have to do adds to the overwhelm and it's unlikely you'll stick at it. So you need to start by first looking at all of the things that you're doing, where you're spending time, and figure out if there are components that you could actually remove from that. Because this goes back to that piece we talked about earlier of whose priorities or whose expectations are driving where you're spending time. All of us have things that we are giving time and effort to that aren't really major priorities for us or don't fit with being things that are actually helping us move towards our big goals. And so before you try to add values in or an exploration like this to the mix, it can be helpful to say, okay, I'm going to look at everything I'm doing and see what are the things where either, yes, they need to happen, but I probably don't have to be the person that needs to do them. So I can give those off or delegate them to someone else. 
what are the things that I'm doing, which actually there's not really a reason to do it in the first place. I've, I've thought that was expected of me or, so I think there's some exercises that you can go through, which to be honest, even with the values exercise aside, as a leader, it's really important to, to do that and to question and be intentional about where we are spending our time because it's very easy to end up in that situation where your workday just expands and you end up being exhausted because you are working you know, 80 hours a week trying to, to build something. So that's how I would respond to a leader who's sitting there thinking, I couldn't fit this in even if I wanted to, um, is strip out and think about where you're spending your time and, and which things could possibly be dropped off that list. Yeah, excellent advice. You know, it's, it's really what is, what is more important than you know, getting the value straight at the end of the day? Yeah, and it's such a, it will inform your decisions moving forward. So I always say to people, it might feel like something that's taking up time at the moment and slowing you down. And yet those who really know that well and know what is important to them and how they want to behave and show up in the world are actually incredibly decisive. They can make major decisions very quickly in an aligned way, not a reactive way. So it's it's useful both just um, in an overarching sense, but even at right down to the practical level of a busy leader of an organization, it will make you more efficient and effective moving forward. Yeah, excellent. Uh, good stuff today. I have- Excellent, thank you. I've got uh, one more question before I let you get out of here. And that is, how do people find you? So the best way to, to get in touch is I have a private Facebook group, which people can join and we'll, we'll pop the, the link in, or I'm on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram. And I actually have a podcast, if people want to listen to that, called Both And with Bessie Graham. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to, uh, to have this chat with you, and I hope it was helpful for people. Yeah, I think really getting straight on values, you know, is something that will really make a big difference in everybody listening today. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for listening to the Aim to Win podcast. As always, like us, follow us, all that good stuff on wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. And if you're looking for me, you can find me on LinkedIn. 